Hi again, everyone. I'm Tim Muma. Thanks for listening to LJN Radio. This is Management Decisions, and we're going to focus on some human resources items, specifically the benefits that employers may be willing to offer their employees. We're going to talk about unlimited vacation time or paid time off. To do so, we're speaking with Bruce Elliott. He's the manager of compensation and benefits for the Society for Human Resource Management. So trust me, he knows a thing or two about this subject. Bruce, thanks a lot for joining us on LJN Radio. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. The idea of unlimited pay time off, unlimited vacation, uh, it's something that I've seen a little bit more about, but obviously it's not something that's necessarily mainstream. But I wanted to ask you, because of the position you're in, the people I'm sure you talk with, how much have you been hearing or seeing about at least an interest in offering unlimited pay time off? We've seen a lot of interest in it, actually. Virgin Atlantic just implemented it not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And there are a number of other companies such as Motley Fool, Nerd Wallet, Netflix, to name a few, you know, that have lived with it for a little while. While it's not an emerging trend by any stretch of the imagination, it's something that can fit very easily in a company with a culture that puts an emphasis on individual performance and um, independence upon the employee, and even collaboration, you know, for that matter. And we will typically see these this type of a benefit more in the technology sector or in the professional services sector, certainly sure. than in the manufacturing sector. Yeah, and we'll definitely get into some of that where the you know discrepancies might be of where it may or may not even work. Um, but I appreciate you kind of laying out the laying out the outline there for us. What would you say? For the employer, what are some of the reasons that they would want to offer such a perk to its employees? There are a couple of different reasons. First, no need to accrue time off any longer mm-hmm. on your books. So as you implement this program, whatever is accrued on your profit and loss statement eventually bleeds off over a period of time. Okay. So that's a big benefit for the employer in that they're no longer carrying the liability for unused vacation time on their books or you know, it begins to bleed off. Hmm. There are two other big um, advantages for the employer as well. You know, one being that they don't have to chase employees and monitor them um, inputting their time off, and the other one is really showing in a in a material way trust right. to their employees and really giving them the independence and freedom to take the time as they need it. And you touched on it briefly there. And again, I appreciate you bringing up sort of the practical side of it as well as maybe the technical side of things. What would be some factors that an employer would have to consider to even think about implementing this? You alluded to it briefly there as far as maybe manufacturing industry versus the technology side. What other factors might have to be looked at before you could even think about implementing something like this? I would really take a close look at the company culture mm. you know, and their performance management system. Are there standards of performance? Does the employee know exactly what the company is expecting of them? Are there concrete timelines for delivery and concrete guidelines with regard to performance that the employee can refer to? Because those are going to be key. Because at the end of the day, you know, what the employee is going to do is kind of look at this and go, well, I just finished up one project. I got got two weeks before my next, you know, before my next project kicks off. This would be a prime time for me to take vacation. But If your culture is such that, you know, you're running around like a chicken with your head off, going from one fire to another fire to another fire to another fire, while it's nice to have this type of a benefit, you're going to miss out on a lot of the benefits because the employee is going to feel like, when am I ever going to be able to take time? Mm -hmm. And that is something I think a lot of people don't necessarily 
think about is, you know, I've read some things, I'm sure you've seen it, talk with people how from the employee perspective, it seems like it might not even work for them because of this added pressure to not take those days off. And what other things have you seen as far as from the employee point of view that, you know, I don't know if I actually like this. I want to have a finite number set. You know, it's funny when we look at different demographic groups with regard to unlimited vacation, the millennials get this immediately. It's like, <laughs> oh, you're trusting me to take the time that I need when yeah. I need it. And that's great. You know, and that really, that, that really plays to that demographic. But if you look at the baby boomers or the Gen Xers or, or NYers, they grew up in the traditional vacation you know, scheme. Mm-hmm. I've got so many years experience. I got so many days. And the first question that they'll ask is, okay, I can take unlimited vacation. That's great. Now, really, how much time am I allowed to take? <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Is there too much still, though? But what, what's really funny is that the, the millennials and boomers, as soon as they've lived with it for a little while, they adapt to it immediately. Okay. And as a matter of fact, what they find is, or what we find is in talking to a lot of these employees, is that there's no longer a rush at the end of the year hmm. to take the time that you've accrued and that you could possibly lose. So it's not a mad rush to say, okay, around Christmas time, I got two weeks left. I got to take them. If I don't take them, I lose them. And I don't know how I'm going to find the time to do it, but I got to do it. That all goes away. Right. It allows the employee really to plan out their year in a more thoughtful way, combined with a company culture where there's transparency, there are clear expectations with performance, job descriptions are clearly written in what's expected of them, managers are managing. All that being equal, the idea of the year-end rush to take accrued time kind of goes away with this. And the employees, there's a lot less pressure on the employees. How much of a consideration is the size of the organization in determining if this could actually work? Does it play a role or do you think it's still more about the culture and what the actual work is? I really do think it's about the culture because we see a lot of large organizations. Again, I'll point to Netflix, other smaller organizations, and I'll point to NerdWallet. So I don't know that employee size really plays a role. Mm -hmm. However, if you've got a high percentage of non-exempt employees, you're going to want to be very careful because of the timekeeping requirements in FLSA. And unlimited time off may not make sense in an organization with a high number of hourly or non-exempt employees. But if you've got an organization with a high percentage of professional or salaried employees, again, this is something that could actually be of benefit to it. Sure. Another question that comes up with this, obviously, a lot of times we think of the vacation portion, but if we're talking just pay time off in general, you're thinking of sick days or, you know, for people who are maybe a caregiver, either of maybe parents or of children, how does that all roll into it? Does that make it a little easier and understandable? Does that still have that same kind of pressure of, I don't know, should I really take this day off? Where in the past, again, if you have two weeks vacation or two weeks pay time off, you got to kind of factor, well, if I take the day off here, then that's one less day on the vacation. What have you seen any differences when you talk about that side of things? Well, it's interesting. I think that majority of employees view these things as flexible. The one thing I would caution, again, you know, as it relates to sick time is to be very careful in your policies and procedures. Sure. If an employee is going to be out for more than three or or five days, you may want to require a physician's note to document Mm -hmm. the absence if it's sick related. You also have to be sure that your unlimited time off policy coordinates with FMLA so you're not providing an enhanced FMLA benefit if you don't mean to. Hmm. There are some complexities that you really have to think about, you know, and, you know, whether you're going to deal with internal counsel or outside counsel, you know, in putting together your policy, there are some considerations that you need to take into account, you know, such as, again, the timekeeping requirements in FLSA, 
and then how this is going to work with regard to sick time and what requirements you're going to make, you know, with regard to documenting use of unlimited time off for sickness or illness or, you know, taking care of a relative. Then you're getting into FMLA land. Right. The federal entitlement is fairly clear. And then there's a state, and then you could potentially live in a state, you know, with a different type of entitlement that's a little bit more generous than the federal entitlement. Do you foresee with any kind of policy like this, an issue with approving that time off? You know, a lot of times if you're going to be taking time off or if you have a a compensation time uh, set up that you need to give a reason in some capacity, does that play a bigger role when you're not really limiting the amount? And and do you get a concern there as far as, well, this was allowed, but I really don't allow this? Yeah, that's a great question because we actually hear a lot about that. And, you know, again, it's going to go, it's going to have to go back to policy where you account for these types of situations. Right. And what's really important so you avoid any type of discrimination issue is the application of that policy evenly throughout the organization. It's one thing to say, you know, to the operations folks, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll approve everything and anything, you know, because, you know, we're high performance and everybody knows what's expected and we're getting our work on, or, you know, we're work done on time. But the finance manager may say, no, we're at year end. It's not going to happen for yeah. you, even though we have this unlimited time off sure. or no, we're at quarter close or month end close and I need you here. So different businesses are going to have different priorities at different times of the year. So it's really important that your policy address, you know, those types of situations where you know that's going to happen. And in finance, it's pretty easy because month-end close, quarter-end close, mm-hmm. year-end close, all business-critical activities where it could necessarily require an all-hands-on-deck kind of situation. So your policy should account for those types of, for those types of events. Bruce, I've definitely appreciated the conversation. I think you've given the listeners a lot to think about if you were to even consider something like this. And and as you can tell, it's not as simple as just being that generous with the time off. I did want to get your opinion here before we wrap up. In the next 10, 15 years or so, what would you guess would be the percentage of companies that would implement some type of unlimited paid time off policy? That's a really interesting question. And it's really hard for me to, to answer that. We are seeing them reported more and more in the media. Mm -hmm. And my guess is probably within the next 10 years, we're going to see that 1% of employers that currently offer it increase. But I don't think it's going to increase to a trend where the majority of employers are going to offer it. Sure. I think the most interesting demographic here is, are the millennials, which, you know, really, they account for about 75 million folks out of what, 300 million in the United States. It's the largest work group since the boomers, you know, in U.S. history. And the one thing that they're demanding from their employers is a lot of flexibility. Right. I think with those employee demands and for employers to be an attractive employer of choice to the you know to this talent to the significant talent pool, employers will be looking at these types of unusual benefits and then seeing if it's a match with regard to their organization and culture. Bruce, once again, thank you for joining us, giving us some of the insight into, again, as you said, a policy. It's not necessarily knocking down everyone's door, but it is on the minds of a lot of individuals. And uh, I just appreciate you coming on and sharing with us. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. I appreciate you having me. With that, we'll wrap up this edition of Management Decisions and our conversation about the potential of using unlimited vacation or paid time off for your employees. It's definitely an interesting subject and one that's probably going to pick up steam the further along we go. We were speaking with Bruce Elliott. He's the manager of compensation and benefits for the Society for Human Resource Management. So we're thankful for him coming on and sharing his insight and experience. 
If you want to give us some feedback about this show or any of our episodes, shoot us an email, ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter at the LJN. You can also find all of our episodes on iTunes. Just search LJN Radio in the iTunes store. Thank you once again for listening. I'm your host, Tim Muma. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>